Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, April 30th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, coming off a day off. Coach, how are you feeling here on this big eight-game NBA slate for Friday? Oh man, I am so ready for today and the weekend. I just, I love it. You know, it's a big shout out to you. I, I've got to say to, to all of our listeners, you know, they see uh, Andrew and I on here uh, every day and, and, you know, we're getting after it, but we could never do it without uh, a team. I mean, it's, there's so many things uh, behind the scenes that have to get accomplished. And for me to feel comfortable taking a full day, really stepping away refreshing to get ready. I just want to thank, first of all, you, great podcast yesterday, handling all all kinds of different things throughout the day. Uh, then uh, uh, our baseball guys, Crash Davis and Tyler, Tyler Pitzer, they did a fantastic job, a lot of interaction, great baseball stuff. And of course, Joe Stanton, who's the wizard behind the drapes, pushing all the buttons and posts in social media. I mean, it really does take uh, a team uh, to bring Coach Talk to you on a daily basis. So uh, much appreciation uh, to all you guys for being uh, so adept and really after it and passionate uh, that I could step away and refresh. And now I'm at, I'm ready today to go after it like nobody's business. I've been preparing this slate since last night. I really like it. I think it's a good non-chalky type slate, and uh, I'm ready to crush it, Andrew. Excellent. Yeah, I'm glad you're refreshed, and uh, thanks for those kind words. And uh, yeah, great great team effort here, a lot of fun, and uh, it's good to have you back too because you handled so much. So that that, that day off was important, and uh, we're going to get a big weekend started. We had a hot FanDuel GPP lineup last night that went over 400 points. We had a lot of members with great returns, 5X, 6X, 20X, Ew. great contest yeah. selection. And uh, let, let's see if we can do it again tonight. I'm glad you like this slate. Eight games right in your wheelhouse. Nine yeah. of the 16 involved in a back-to-back. And we don't have any 230 totals, Coach, but we do have a 240 to How get about to. That? Not in the opener, but we'll, we'll work our way towards it. I know. You get it in the rotation today, so you are on officially on fire. I always <laughs> get the big games. So. That's right. That is awesome. Hey, if you guys are checking us out, by the way, on YouTube right now, on the on the way in, just take this one second, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button. We're getting very close to a real good internal goal with subs on uh, YouTube. So we really, really appreciate it. Just hitting that button and hit the little alert button so that you know when our basketball and uh, uh, golf pods post. So we'd really appreciate that. All right, I'm ready to dive into game one. If you are, Andrew, it's Atlanta and Philadelphia. It is uh, the first night of a back-to-back for Atlanta. It is a 7 o'clock Eastern game, so we don't get the extra time, but it is the solo early game. So if you, you know, when we're scrambling around with some lineups or we're looking to do some mid-to-late swap, uh, this is the only game that we have to have locked in at 7 Eastern. Um, Again, you know, Island game for Philly, which always means a lot to them with guys like Embiid and Simmons, you know, coming back from rest and injuries. Um, and the line is it's uh, nine and a half Philadelphia favored with a 220 total. As far as pace goes in this game, we know Atlanta doesn't play quite as fast as most people think they do with Trey and company. They're 23rd, but Philadelphia is in the top 10 now at ninth. So they are pushing the ball, and they're combining that push with great defense. They're second to the Lakers uh, in the entire league in in team defensive efficiency, and they have some guys that are in the top 1% of DRPM, uh, which is defensive real plus minus, and that being Embiid and Simmons themselves, and a couple other guys that rank well in Harris and Green. So their defense is no joke. And uh, the fact that they're able to be there at second with a top 10 pace is pretty impressive. Atlanta's defense uh, was really bad at the beginning of the year, and then it improved a bunch. And now it's back sort of down again, and a lot of that is because of injuries. But they are 22nd. So we'll see if, you know, if, if Philly can take advantage of that and, uh, and get them uh, in a position where they're behind right from the start. 
Um, for Atlanta, we have uh, Herder and Reddish out and Hunter still out. We have Bogdanovich and Trey Young questionable. So massive question marks for Atlanta. And guess what? Capella's now questionable also. Uh, and the, the thing that makes it even tougher for for Atlanta with all those guys out, that's basically like six of their top seven guys. <laughs> so we'll see if they can get anybody out there that's going to compete. Philly's got a clean slate from what I see. No injuries, nobody resting, everybody back. Uh, and so, you know, the fact that they have their full rotation in place their regular starters in Simmons, Curry, Green, Harrison, and Embiid with that excellent bench that's had to play a lot of minutes uh, because of different injuries and COVID things. So, uh, you know, this this is an interesting game, but, I, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, Andrew. We'll get your input, but we could play the if this guy plays, if that guy plays, if these two sit, if the – I mean, it's just we got to get the news here. And we don't have to sweat it because it's the only early game. So we'll have all the news. And obviously, once we hear about specifically Bogey, Young, and Capella, um, then we'll be able to, to dial up what we need to here, uh, you know, knowing that, that Herter and the two youngsters, uh, Hunter and Reddish, are still out. So this could be an important game um, from a usage standpoint if, a, if all these guys are out. You know, there's lots of ifs, ands, and buts, but there are some guys that would come into play. And uh, if they play, then, you know, we take a look at it from there. And then on the Philly side, you know, again, if, if Atlanta's going to be that shorthanded and Philly's that, you know, rested on an island game, you know, nine and a half could be not enough points. And Philly has smacked a few people lately with 20, 25 point leads in the first half. So, not super excited to pay up for the expense of Philly guys if they're not going to get full run. So for right now, this is a pass game for me. Once we get the Atlanta news, it could slightly change, but it's definitely not going to be a key game for me on this slate. Yeah, right now it's a pass for me as well. And even if we have multiple guys out for Atlanta, I don't even love the price tags of the backups. I mean, right. so Solomon Hill... On DraftKings at 3,800, if there's a bunch of guys out, it really is the only thing I'm looking at right now. So planning yeah. to pass that side. Philly's so deep. The guards that we look at, uh, Seth Curry, Shake, both played well in the last one, which was a blowout against Atlanta. But uh, just not, you know, not excited to really lock in anybody at this point. And I'm glad that you mentioned that it's the only 7 o'clock game because I think this is a night where we can make our lineup and fade this game and be comfortable doing it and then just be ready to pivot between 7 and 7.30. If there's any news in any of the other games, we'll have our entire roster to be able to to pivot and shift around. So Yeah, and it's advantageous. And I like the point you brought up because I wanted to mention that somewhere on the pod today, but it does come into play right here. <clears throat> One thing I've noticed the trend lately DFS is also not used to so many guys being out, you know, injury reports with 50, 55 people on it. So what's what I've noticed is happening, Andrew, and this is a really important thing for our listeners to watch out for. The backups are getting starters minutes and starting when all of these guys are out. So they get priced up both on DraftKings, FanDuel and Yahoo. They get priced up and then the, all the guys come back but they don't price them back down. It's like they have to have them have a few really terrible games or not get the minutes and then they'll drift back down. So be very careful of, you know, playing the secondary guys because most of them, you know, in general are overpriced. Absolutely. All right, well, let's move to 7.30. We've got two games there. Much more interesting to me, starting with San Antonio and Boston, 222.5 total, Celtics favored by 4.5. Island game for both teams. Big news with San Antonio: Derek White out uh, for an extended period of time. Lyle's the season. A, yeah, I mean that's what yeah. they're saying. Yeah, I don't know why they're saying definitely out for the season or or likely because yeah. in the playoffs that came from Pop's lips, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, uh, I would think he would have a chance to come back, but in any event, uh, Dejounte Murray really stepped up in that last game with a triple double. Without him, he's uh, awesome. He, you know, and and he's. 
he is. He's got that potential. Uh, and Derek White, you know, is really a thorn in his side uh, for consistency. But he's out of the picture now. So DeJounte White is in the mix for me. Uh, DeJounte, DeJounte Murray. Murray. <laughs> <laughs> um, DeMar DeRozan, uh, don't mind his price either. And I'm still working on the build here, Coach. But, you know, I think guys like this in this price range are in the mix for me today. It's feeling like it could be more of a balanced build, not so much stars and scrubs. So I, I wouldn't mind getting one of those guys out there uh, taking advantage of White's absence. I also like Lonnie Walker and his role now, and he's he's still cheap here on both sites. Got 29 minutes in that last one uh, without White. So those are the three guys I'm looking at with San Antonio. On the Boston side, we have Kemba Doubtful. Yeah. yeah, so once again, we've got big opportunities for Jalen Brown and Tatum, and they both smashed against Charlotte uh, with with uh, Smart also out in that one with that suspension. He's back now. So um, not as excited about those guys, but again, you could go with one of them. I'd be fine with that. This is It's not a great total, sort of average pace, average defense. It's really average across the board, right. but with one key guy likely out on both sides— uh, a little more interested in getting one of the mid-tier or higher-tier stars here. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not crazy about this game at all. I, I just, this seems to be sort of a grinded game. I, You know, 18th and 21st in pace, like you mentioned, it's, you know, it's still below both teams, below average. So, you know, it's not going to like, you know, they're running up and down the floor. And even the defenses, as you mentioned, are average, but 12 and 13 still better than the norm. So, and Kemba being off the floor really helps Boston defensively big time. You know, uh, Smart is, you know, guarding the point and he'll guard Murray, I'm sure. So I just, you know, Murray certainly is a great guy to play here down the stretch with no white, with a little extended minutes, and he's playing really well, but smart defense and a little bit slower. Uh, pace than the normal, uh, you know, concerns me. And he's expensive. Um, you know, the rotation of the other guys, you know, you can always respect DeRozan's play, but he is going to get Jalen Brown and, and maybe even some Jason Tatum defense. So that that's a deterrent. And then, you know, with Smart in after a complete rest day for threatening to bodily harm on, a, on an official... <laughs> He's, he's something else, man. But he's rested and ready to go. And then with Tatum and Brown in, I just when they both play, it's uh, you feel like you're flipping a coin if you play one or the other because they both almost have an, an even chance to to smash or just be average. So I I just don't like the game at all. And uh, gonna be a quiet start for me in these first couple. All right. Well, you've got some opportunities to pay up in the next one. This one and then the one after that is going to be a definite different scenario. These these next two are the top two Vegas over-under lines on the board. We've got Washington and Cleveland on the first night of a back-to-back. So a little bit of concerning there, more so for Cleveland in my opinion, because Washington's sort of letting it all hang out and going after it because they're desperately trying to get that last playoff spot um, or you know, even move up a spot. Uh, Washington's favored by seven on the road, 227 total. Uh, we know that Washington is the fastest pace in the league. Uh, the concern is Cleveland's 24th. So do they try to slow it down and limit some possessions? You know, that would not be good if we're going to stack anything in this game. The thing that makes you feel good, though, is they're the 20th and 23rd defense. So we're not going to get any uh, stellar uh, stops, if you will. Um, Cleveland right now, Hartenstein and Delavadova are out. And then the big news that we need that really is the key, I think, to Cleveland making this a good game is Sexton is questionable. So, you know, a couple of things here. I like Garland of Sexton sits against the Washington huge pace up game. Uh, Jared Allen is somebody that I'm going to look at just because the pace is so much quicker uh, than normal, and he's still insistent on playing Len, Gafford, and Lopez uh, at center. And I, I think that, you know, Gafford defensively 
is much better than the other two. But, you know, Allen's going to get his opportunities, uh, you know, against all three of them. So I think he's he's in play for me. <clears throat> he's, you know, he's the kind of guy that has monster games and then just average. So you got to pick him in the right spots. But with these additional possessions, I think this this is a good spot. Certainly don't trust the other guys. Love is in one of those places again where, you know, he's spouting off. He doesn't want to be there. And then he had that weird inbound play where he threw it to the other team and just, you know, somewhat meltdown again from uh, similar to what happened the year before. But, uh, yes, he can play good. He gets decent minutes. But it is the first night of a back-to-back. And, you know, Kevin Love, you know, at 20-some minutes just isn't quite worth it for me. So, if Sexton does play, that's going to eliminate Garland, but it will bring Sexton in play for me if he has no minutes restriction. Uh, on the Washington side, you know, we've attacked the Cleveland backcourt for a couple of years now. You know, when they started Garland, Sexton, and Porter before Porter left, speaking of Mr. 50 points, Cleveland's got to feel great about giving Porter away for nothing and he drops yeah, right. 50. <laughs> yeah, but but anyway, uh, you know, it's it's... Okoro's a decent defender, but with Garland and Sexton both in there, uh, definitely leaves a big game open for Westbrook and and Neto. Now, I think Okoro guards Beal, and even though Okoro's a rookie, he is a bit sticky on D, man. He he gets in front of you. So uh, I would favor the payup to Westbrook over Beal in this matchup. I'm not 100% sold on Westbrook yet, though, because I do want the Sexton news, because my concern would be Sexton doesn't plays, Cleveland lays an egg, and then Washington, knowing that it's the first night of a back-to-back, has a 20-point lead, and they try to get a little extra rest for their studs. Um, you got to mention real quickly Rui Hashimura. I don't understand his pricing. It's very odd uh, for the amount of minutes he's playing. Uh, so he's he deserves a look. Um, and that's it. So, you know, it could be an important game. Uh, but based on the news, maybe just average. Certainly have some exposure here, though. Yeah, I, I'm with you on Westbrook over Beal tonight if we if we decide to pay up and, and hope that it stays close. Um, if it doesn't stay close, a guy like Ish Smith could pay off off the bench on DraftKings. He's only 3,600 and getting good minutes. Uh, and he kind of runs that second unit with Neto as a starter. So th- there's an option to look at. And the center situation in this game is interesting once again because Allen, like you said, uh, is in play for me. A little bit more on DraftKings, although he's more expensive there. So I don't know if I'll get to him because I like Nurkic a little bit better in the next game. And then with Len, uh, he's had two great games lately, but then when they played Cleveland uh, he only played 10 minutes, and that was one of the great games from Gafford. So, God only knows. Um, you know, it's a it's it's a roll of the dice if you go in that situation again. But Len is very cheap on DraftKings at 3,300. Out of out of the, out of the mix for me on FanDuel at 54. And with Cleveland, I'm similar. I like Garland. Um, you know, he's really stepping up here without Sexton. Uh, and then of course it'll get mixed up if Sexton's back, but you know, there's a lot of guards in that price range today that I'm kind of looking at. Garland, we mentioned Dejounte Murray. We've got um, we've got Chris Paul later, who I kind of like. Drew Holiday potentially. So that'll be a real tough decision uh, picking out two of those guards on Fanduel. Not to mention yeah. Westbrook if we pay up. So uh, that that'll be interesting here. But but yeah, I think it's a game that either we get one or two of these guards and bank on it being close or potentially we end up fading it i'm with you now you got the triple sevens game here here we go let's get after it 240 and a half total who needs the 230s you don't need just forget about it and and it's a pick them to boot on (sighs) betus.com.pa our presenting sponsor and um First 8 o'clock game here, NBA TV. It is a back-to-back for Brooklyn after that big win over Indiana. Um, Island game for Portland, and they're set with the news. Everybody ready to go injury-wise. Brooklyn, we have what we've decided are probable tags for Kyrie, Bruce Brown, Claxton, 
questionable, probable, somewhere in the middle, potentially coming back from the COVID protocols. Kind of a big piece of news, Coach, about uh, Kyrie getting out there in this awesome yeah. matchup. And, of course, he'll he'll help the pace uh, and the efficiency, likely, for Brooklyn. And we could have a real nice high-scoring close game here. And yeah. so we got to figure out where to go. Uh, all the key guys are, are in play for me. I like how Lillard, I didn't even mention him. He's only 8,000 on FanDuel in, in a pretty good matchup. Uh, so he's in play. I like Nurkic here. Uh, 7K range on both sites. Um, the, the, the thing about Portland, though, is I do want to mention Bruce Brown. If he plays real you know real solid defender and uh he he gave Lillard and, and McCollum a little bit of trouble in the in the first matchup so uh I'm not I'm not ready to lock in the Portland guards but they're they're on my radar and with Brooklyn man uh KD was awesome last night uh crushed it for us incredible played 36 minutes uh in, assuming he's ready to go again on the back to back he's in play for me but uh, certainly we'll have a mixture here of usage if Kyrie's out there as well, and Kyrie's expensive. So uh, th- th- that's a tough one. I'm curious your, your, what your thoughts are there. I haven't made any final decisions on that, but I do want some exposure to this game. I think the guy that I feel the best about is Nurkic. And then the other guys on Brooklyn, uh, I think one of the key things will be, do they go big against Nurkic? I think, I think they will. I think they'll start... DeAndre Jordan, maybe Blake Griffin, but I would I would guess that they would start Jordan to try to body up on Nurkic because they've been going smaller with KD and Jeff Green. I don't think they can handle him. And if they start one of those guys and then Kyrie starts, then that, that changes the rotation a little bit. We may see Shamit go back to the bench. Uh, he's pretty cheap on, on DraftKings. And then we got to talk about Alize Johnson, who... Came off the protocols. That, that was and unbelievable. Just went man. berserk with a, a 20, 20 game yeah. off the bench. How is that? Minimum How could that price. Happen? I mean, just phenomenal performance. Now, did anybody own him? In, he was less in, than 1% owned. Oh my God. Yeah. Now, the thing here is uh, he's still minimum price, but I, I don't think he'll get as many minutes because I. You know, if you look at that matchup against Indiana last night, they had the small bench. I mean, they had the small starters, right? Right. Sampson, Brissett, they didn't have a big off the bench, so it was They didn't have a real five. For yeah, the whole so game. you know, good opportunity for for Johnson to play instead of DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin got limited minutes. So right. I think with Nurkic and Cantor, I think they go bigger. And I don't I don't think Johnson can defend Cantor. So he would have to play more of the four or the three. So I think his yeah. minutes will go down a little bit. I mean, I think he's still worth considering after that huge game. I think he'll be in the rotation. I just don't think he's going to get 30 minutes again. But a lot of moving parts in this one. Coach, what do you make of it? It is, you know, and, you know, it, it's it's certainly a key game on the slate. And uh, how Brooklyn's going to manage, you know, some of these guys coming back, it's... Uh, it changes everything. But for now, in, in my evaluation, I have Irving, Claxton, and Brown all playing. So, you know, it eliminates the bigs for me from Brooklyn because I'm with you. I don't think they, they're going to go all small ball with uh, trying to go against Nurkic or Cantor. I mean, they need a big body out there against both of them. So, you know, I don't – KD, I think that'll take a little bit away from him. I mean, when he gets to play that four and five and just get every rebound, make every shot, you know, he goes crazy. But, you know, the combination of guys that will probably be in there to guard the Portland uh, bigs, you know, you're talking about, you know, a mixture of Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, Nicholas Claxton, Elise Johnson, um, and then – you know, if they try to go small, there's there's just so many bodies in there. I, I don't want any part of, of that entire rotation. Then with Kyrie coming back in, like you said, it, it shuffles down to less minutes for a Shamit. You're not going to probably get TLC off the bench like you did. Even Joe Harris's usage plummets. So 
I say all of that to say that I don't think anybody at Brooklyn and on the Brooklyn team is rosterable except Irving and Durant. Uh, I'm leaning toward Irving because of the defensive matchup against Lillard or McCollum. I think he he spokes those guys. I love the spot he's in here. Um, KD, it's always playable. It's going to be very tough to afford both. He will get some some adept defense from from Robert Covington, who you know is long and rangy like that, and can at least give him a little bit more trouble. They had nobody to match up with Durant yesterday, so I'm, I'm leaning towards Kyrie spending the bucks there, and then I want to return right back to the other side with Lillard. Eight thousand is too cheap for him. I mean, I don't care if he's doing good, bad, or indifferent. That's just that price. When you look at who's priced around him, is too cheap. So, you know, as of right now, this will be my two really important guys uh, pay up for Irving. I don't even consider it a pay up for Lillard. I'd say he's on the higher end of the mid price guys, and I feel very comfortable grabbing him. I'm with you on the Nurkic situation here. I'm I think he could have a really big game, but I'm not locking him in yet. And I want to see who they're talking about. As far as starting, if they do put DeAndre and Claxton, for example, splitting time on them, that's going to make a big difference uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, if, if they just try to stay small with Durant and Johnson and guys like that. So I'm going to hold off on Nurkic. I do like the call, but big spend up game for me with Kyrie and Lillard being two of my key plays of the day. All right. All right, we go on to the other 8 o'clock game, and that is Orlando and Memphis. Um, This game is Memphis by 12.5. I think everybody's realizing that Orlando has pretty much mailed it in and are not good. Both of these teams on the first night of a back-to-back. Is this the team that they play each other again tomorrow? Rematch tomorrow. Yes, so... You know, interesting to watch here. But again, 12 and a half is a lot. 224 and a half is the over-under. From the pace side, Orlando 20th, Memphis is 8th. And then uh, defensively, Orlando 26th and falling. They've been getting murdered. And uh, Memphis 9th. So I'm I'm telling you right now, Memphis is a very dangerous team. I think they're going to squeeze into the playoffs, and I would not want to play them uh, with their full roster. However, they don't have their full roster tonight. They're doing the day off, day on for Triple J as he comes back uh, from a long injury period. In this game, he's out. They lose another starter probably also in Grayson Allen, who's doubtful, which moves their rotation around a little bit. And usually when Allen's out, that DeAnthony Melton bell goes off because the dude just always steps up when he gets the minutes and... Uh, against a, a crappy Orlando team, uh, I really like that DeAnthony Melton value play. I think that he's uh, a really nice guy that some people may forget about. On the Orlando side, you know, not that they're not worse than they've been, but their their best young player, Okiki, is out. And then I've got Ross as doubtful, and you know he's probably going to pack it in for the season pretty soon anyway. And James Ennis is questionable. Uh, based on the latest news from Rotowire. So not only is this a lopsided game, Orlando's a bit shorthanded. Um, you know, we don't know exactly who the full starting lineup is. We know you can, you know, get a value play if you want in a Cole Anthony or a Gary Harris who just had his best game of the year. Dwayne Bacon we've gone to a few times. And then, you know, if you want to get into that timeshare of Wendell Carter Jr., with some Bomba and, you know, a few mix of other guys. But it's it's pretty ugly. I, I think Memphis handles them uh, with ease, even without Triple J. Um, my concern is spending up for a Jaw or Joe Val, uh, you know, specifically uh, in a game that could blow out. And even Dylan Brooks, whose minutes are always usually safe, he's their, somewhat their leader out there uh, just from the, how hard he plays. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. They're playing again tomorrow night. If they get a solid lead, you know, they're going to want to rest some guys. Very dangerous game to play. But if, you know, if 
Orlando finds a way to keep it a little bit close, you could have a few, you know, 50, 60 burgers from a few of these Memphis guys, um, you know, knowing that their players and the Orlando players have to go back at it again tomorrow. And, you know, we'll see how the, the, the matchup goes. But I'm not crazy about it. Not leaning towards it right now would be a one-off type of game for me uh, overall. Yeah, this one's most likely a pass for me. Uh, I don't like front ends for Memphis. And, you know, yes, with Grayson Allen out, you could get a value play. Melton, probably the best one in my book as well. Uh, Bain, if he starts, maybe he, he gets hot and he pays off his cheap price tag. Uh, Joe Val is a nice price on FanDuel. Uh, centers have done well against Orlando, but do we trust Joe Val? No, not in general. <laughs> and it's a front end. Right. So it's a it's a little bit of a roll of the dice there on Memphis, mainly because it's a front end. And then with Orlando, like you said, you know, there's minutes to go around with this youth movement for most of the guys. Gary Harris, more of a veteran. Uh, he's he's expensive on FanDuel, but cheaper on DraftKings. And then I'm curious to see who starts with Okiki out. Do they elevate Mo, Mo Wagner into that starting lineup, potentially? He, got, he only got nine minutes as they're getting him acclimated. But he's minimum price on both sites. I uh, think that'll be uh, a value guy that some people look at if, if he starts. Um, you know, not an easy matchup against Kyle Anderson. But he is talented enough to pay off a uh, minimum price tag if he's starting and getting minutes in the 20s. But uh, everything's a little risky for me in this game, so it's most likely a pass. I'm with you, and I think that's a good point too, Coach Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins. He he likes to even out those uh, minutes on back to back, so that's even a more danger. Okay, well let's let's move ahead to nine o'clock and see if we can find some safety in Milwaukee and Chicago, back to back from Milwaukee after that high scoring bonanza against Houston, where Giannis went down early. Uh, we're going to call him questionable, but I'm thinking more like doubtful. And Drew Holiday and Middleton stepped up, as you would expect, with him out getting big minutes, big shots, big production. Um, really exciting game with Houston. Not, not a lot of defense. Yeah. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. just went nuts with 50 real points. Amazing. Uh, so good for him. Um so let's see here. I mean, we've got we've got good pace. We've got third and eleventh, only a two twenty three total. Uh, we've got Milwaukee with their strong defense, of course. It, it is also a front end of a back to back for Chicago, and they've got Torrey Brown Jr. out and Vuk probable. So if we've got all the the main rotation, and Levine remind Levine still out, of course. Yeah. Yep. So if we get Vuk out there, and everybody except Giannis then you could look at Bobby Portis, who I think will likely slide into that starting spot. Played well last night. This is a big revenge game for him, uh, yeah. spending time in Chicago. Uh, so Portis is in play. You could go back to, to Middleton or Holiday with the extra usage, below average defense for Chicago, good pace, good prices. So the, those three key guys are in play for me. Um Forbes went nuts yesterday. One of the most interesting stat lines of the season. 30, 30 points, no rebounds, no assists. He, <laughs> he did mix in a steal. but uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. He's expanding his game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so he really got hot uh, minimum price. Um, we do have a lot of guards, though, that are, are value options on this slate. So I don't think you have to look there. With Chicago... Uh, if for some reason Vucevic sits, then Tice is probably locked in for me as as the key big there. He's a good price. If Vucevic plays, then I'm probably going to fade the bigs. You could look at Kobe White, um, but it's it's more likely to play one or two Milwaukee guys for me and then continue on. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, this game's pretty simple to me. I, I you know... Giannis, I don't anticipate playing either. I agree with you that, you know, the last few times Giannis sat, Portis started and, you know, got 28, 30 minutes. 
Um, you know, he's <clears throat> he hasn't gotten the 38, 40 minutes when Giannis sits like you would hope because they, they'll go smaller with Connaughton and, and make some other uh, maneuvers. But I think you got to at least consider Portis at that price uh, if he's starting. Drew Holiday's the best play on the board uh, for me in this game because he gets to go against Kobe White defense. Um, you know, I just think this is a perfect spot for him when he has to do increase scoring you know for about the last month he's just been a monster um you know i feel really comfortable going to drew here uh he's high on my list may end up coming down to him or lillard to be honest with you as far as uh you know uh, being able to fit salary but i i think this this is a perfect match if chicago keeps it close enough uh i expect a big game from him yeah, you know, you certainly can consider Middleton. Every time Giannis is out, he's one of the highest-owned players on the slate, and deservedly so, but he will throw a few clunkers in there. But, uh, you know, I think you you almost have to have exposure to either Holiday or Middleton, considering Chicago's defense isn't that great. The pace is decent enough in this game. And, uh, you know, they both have the chance to smash. I doubt I'll go both just because of the price. Uh, and I'm leaning towards Holiday. On the Chicago side, you know, I'm with you on the, the fact, very simply, if Vuk is limited at all, let alone sitting, just limited, uh, you know, being that it's the the first night of a back-to-back for them, then I think Tice is a really good play. He's playing hard, and he does get the rebounds and some stocks and things as well. So he would be a nice, uh, cheaper, a sleeper pay, uh, play for me. Uh, but that's it in this game. Um, don't love it, but certainly want the key piece for Milwaukee. Uh, and I think that will probably ho- uh, be Holiday. Okay. All right. We have two, the late night games, the two after hours games that we've been crushing it with our Coach Talk uh, Discord members. And uh, we would love for you guys to, to jump aboard. Uh, Friday has been the most popular day for us as far as uh, members joining because we have a three-day pass that's $10. So you get today, Saturday, and Sunday, all of our lineups. We have uh, weekend-only golf lineups that we're posting tonight. We, uh, we'll give you the full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo. And, well, Yahoo doesn't have weekend-only on golf, but we will on FanDuel, and then you'll get uh, a core group to play on DraftKings for golf. And then in basketball and baseball, you'll get that main slate in baseball, full lineups, Fandle, Yahoo, uh, coaches clipboard for uh, DraftKings. And then uh, on top of the baseball main slate, which is a lot of good games tonight, basketball main slate and after hours with these two late games. So if you want to join, check us out, dfscoachtalk.com. If you want a perfect weekend, a lot going on on sports this weekend, so you know, jump in. Uh, love to have you there. We still have some other offers. If you go to our website, look up at mem- look up memberships. There are still some offers out there for some uh, some things with our partner BetUS.com.pa as well. Um, if you're not a member and you want to follow us throughout the day, check us out um, on <clears throat> on. Uh, Twitter. Uh, he is Mr. Andrew Hansen is at Language Olympic. I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And um, DFS Coach Talk, that's where all of us post. Our man Joe Stanton's on there with updates, posting uh, two brains lineups, all kinds of stuff going up um, uh, on there all the time. So we'd love to have you. All right. <clears throat> this after hour slate. Utah, first night of a back-to-back, totals 219. Phoenix is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, Andrew. How about that? First yeah. time Utah's been a dog in how long? Well, they're missing a couple key guys in that backcourt. Exactly, and that's why. So you've got the pace 15 and 27, nothing to write home about, and two, of course, top six teams in defense, third and sixth. Both things that are a little bit nerve-wracking. And with Conley and Mitchell not playing, and Royce O'Neal, their defensive stopper and stalwart that gets a ton of minutes, questionable. So 
could be a really different rotation for Utah, probably much smaller rotation. Uh, you can look at some of their guys that come off the bench as key plays tonight, Clarkson, even Niang, believe it or not, because he's probably going to get you know, low 30s minutes, especially if O'Neal's out. So, you know, it changes the whole process. So we need to make sure uh, on O'Neal, but we know Conley and Mitchell. So that immediately brings two guys into play that we always bring into play in this type of situation. It's Ingles and Clarkson. However, I don't think it's wise to play both of them against this stout Phoenix defense with Chris Paul, you know, and Bridges and guys that – and. Tory Craig. I mean, these guys defend. So not super high like I usually am on Utah when they're shorthanded. I will probably lean towards an Ingles or a Clarkson as a one-off. Um, but after that, I don't think I have the courage to go with Niang, although I think he's a great GPP play. Um, Rudy Gobert is sort of the guy I think has you know, a lot of upside here. The pace isn't great. But, you know, he should still be able to control the paint, paint with Aiton. And then when Sarge comes in and, you know, I think he should be uh, pretty sound. His price isn't that great, though. But I am considering him as a, a center option. Uh, on the Phoenix side, you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. For me, if O'Neal's out, um, I'm much more interested in, in Devin Booker. I think he becomes the target there. Because he's going to get uh, probably Ingles' defense. I'm not sure. They, Clarkson can't guard him. but Bogdanovich can't guard him. So it's going to be tough for them if O'Neal doesn't play. And I think Booker's just going to be too good to pass up in that scenario. So I have a big circle around him. I probably will roster him. And then if I have to pivot, I've got plenty of options between Utah, Sacramento, and the Lakers that I could rotate Booker out because I don't believe it's worth paying up for him in a, a slow paced game like this if O'Neal's guarding him. So that's the pivot move that I'm going to make uh, for the late night swap. And again, that's why we want you in discord with us, because if you're in there, we're in discord all night watching these games. And you, as you know, with, you know, all of this player movement, guys hurt, just huge rotations, everybody, you know, sitting out rest games, uh, health protocol, et cetera. You've got to watch these games as they go because those couple of pivots make a huge difference uh, And if you take stuff down. I mean, Andrew's been living proof of that. He's had some monster, monster wins by following that news. And the best way to do that, we do try to update stuff on Twitter for all of our listeners, but the quickest, fastest, and most thorough way to do that is to get into our Discord. So jump in. Um Really, after that, though, I'm not on the Phoenix side. I think this game is a great game to watch. I think there's a lot of interest in the game. I just don't see it being a fantastic uh, DFS spot. So uh, I'll be watching the news for the injury on O'Neal. And then, you know, a one-off on each side, maybe an Ingles and a Booker if the scenario plays out. If not, it's not going to be very highly owned for me. Yeah, I think this one will be a fun one to watch. These matchups are going to be really interesting without Conley and Mitchell. If you yeah. look at Utah's starting backcourt last game, it was Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich. Because mm -hmm. you know, then they had O'Neal, Niang, and Gobert. And yeah. looking at the matchups, I mean, how are they going to stop Chris Paul? Uh, he's just the quickness that he's going to be able to use against Ingles and, and Bogdanovich. It's going to hurt. Uh, I yeah, don't not having they, Conley is a killer. They don't have a chance to stop him. No. And you know, like you said, Booker also comes into play if, if O'Neal is out. But I'm kind of looking at Chris Paul here as the key guy from Phoenix and, and probably nobody else. And with Utah, Ingles or Clarkson, much more so on FanDuel where they're cheaper. Um, I will also look at Niang. Um, more so on DraftKings, he's only 3,400 there. He's a power forward on FanDuel now at 4000 and there are uh, a number of options in that price range you can look at. So I like him as a pay-down guy over on DraftKings potentially. Um, but yeah, I just can't wait to see what Chris Paul does against this bigger, slower guard rotation, if you want to call it, from, from Utah. He's, you think, it, the reason I didn't highlight him, and I agree with you, I think you're right on the spot, but... 
I just feel like he's going to beat whoever he wants off the dribble. But I, I see, you know, Gobert waiting for him and him kicking to these guys for tons of open shots. Now, he may have 15 assists, which is great. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, if, if the game stays close and O'Neal sits and the game stays close, you may want Paul and Booker. I mean, they, I don't know how they're going to defend those guys. Yeah, it, it's going to be fun. Different. What matchup. do you think of Gobert, though? I wanted your opinion there. Am I, am I wrong considering I think, him? I mean, I think in the after-hour slate, uh, he's real good chance to be the center that I pick. Yeah. Um, in the main slate, um, I think I'd rather pay down for Nurkic and okay. just look at him and more as a cash option without without the tremendous ceiling at that price. Uh, so, gotcha. Yeah. All right, last game of the night, 10-30, Sacramento and the Lakers. Second game on NBA TV, 223 total. Lakers favored by 7.5. Island game for both teams, but Sacramento, once again, will be without Fox and Barnes. Yeah. And that did not go well in that last no. game against Utah. They got destroyed. And their only hope of a little improvement here is we have Bagley probable to get back into the lineup, which I wouldn't mind if he's out there because then it just is it makes it easier to avoid that entire situation uh, if we don't get the spot start from Metu. Right. Um, we know that this the the other crazy thing here is we have the number one defense in the NBA, the Lakers, against the number thirty defense in Sacramento. So, yeah. um, you know, in the in the after hour slate, obviously we have to really dig into this game. On the main slate, I'm just not really excited about anybody on Sacramento. Uh, Halliburton, lots of usage, but I think he's just a secondary option compared to all the other guards we've talked about. Harkless is a nice value play, um, potentially, but uh, not really looking at Sacramento on the main slate. With the Lakers, uh, AD, once again, you know, the primary focus here, still in the 9K range, got 31 minutes again. Scoring was up a little bit in the last one. Uh, not not playing as a dominant AD guy yet, but I don't I don't see Sacramento having a great answer for him defensively. Um, Bagley just getting back into the mix. Maybe Harkless gets some time on him. So I think I think Davis uh, can have a strong game here. Certainly will be in the after hours lineup. Don't know if I'm going to pay up at power forward though on, on the main slate. And then uh, Drummond is interesting because I like the matchup against Holmes. He smashed in the last game, but he only played 20 minutes. Right. Um, and and Montrez only played 17, so they went a little bit small. Uh, Morris got some minutes. Gasol didn't even play. Um, and then with the guards, Kuzma surprised me, uh, 11, seven and eight last game. How about yeah. that line? Almost that was pushing nice for a triple him. double. He's yeah. pretty cheap on FanDuel, a good game environment for him. But, uh, you know, this is just, I'm not feeling great about this for the main slate. Are you, do you like anyone here? You know, there's so much risk in this game as a cash player. It, you know, it screams, you know, uh, be be aware, be be fearful here, because it can you know if you're waiting on a few of these guys at the end of the night to come through, and then the game just busts. It it you know it it feels like it could. Um, the difference for me, and and this is again watching the games. This is where an optimizer is not going to give you this information. But I've watched Sacramento a lot this year because of that 30 rank defense. We always have people stacked against them. And then in high scoring games, we stack back with Sacramento. So I've watched uh, painfully a lot of Sacramento games. And I'll tell you what, the heart and the soul of that team rests in two people, De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes. The rest of the guys follow their lead. Those are the two guys that make the big, big difference in this team. Uh, They have a coach that's probably on his way out. They have a terrible record. And now their two leaders are both out. And you saw what happened. They they gave up, what, 154 or something yep. to the last game. They're just, I think they're in meltdown disaster mode. And that could create all kinds of a rotation of players for both teams. You know, Lakers, you know, eight, eight and a half point favorite. I don't think that's enough. I think. You know, I think the Lakers are a great play tonight. I think they just drill them. 
And I really think Sacramento is putting up the white flag. Um, they don't have a coach they want to play for. Uh, you just can see that. And then with their two captains and leaders out, you know, I don't know, does Halliburton get enough run or healed to, you know, to make a difference? Uh, Holmes, you know, I, I see these guys playing mid-20s minutes if the game gets out of hand. I'm not comfortable with it. Um, Harkless, as a super cheap play, has made value for me a few times. I think he'll be on the floor a decent amount to guard Kuzma, and that eliminates Kuzma for me. So Harkless, as a one-off, super cheap value guy, if you're stacking maybe two bigs or two guards like Holiday and uh, Dame, you know, y- you can play with that a little bit. And then the Lakers side, you know, Schroeder's expensive. He should have a field day, but I don't know the minutes that he gets. He's just a little dinged himself. And then, you know, uh, AD just way too expensive to pay up for, even at his reduced price uh, in a game like this. So, and I'm not touching the the try share of center and then Lakers playing small ball on top of that. It just, you know, to beg for a guy to get 20 minutes isn't conducive to me on a full slate game. So not even on after hours, I'm not going to go, you know, Drummond or Harrell or, or Gasol and any of that either. So for me, it's maybe a cheap value play on uh, one side or the other. Uh, but I'm going to have a lot more Utah Phoenix than Sacramento Lakers in that after hour slate, which seems very odd. But based on the circumstances of everything we just talked about, it stacks up completely differently. So I think you're going to get more ownership in the DFS space for the Sacramento Lakers game because of the over-under, the potential for, you know, a lot more possessions. But I'm not sure, Andrew, that it's really the wisest play. So I'm I'm excited to, to dive into that after-hour slate because I think that there's some really good strategy you could use that can pay off for you and be very contrarian while doing it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Sacramento is usually lighted up and and load up the lineup uh, with that game, but it could be a little bit more of a sluggish Sacramento game because it's the Lakers on the other side and they're missing right. the, those leaders that you, that you described so well. Yep. So, I mean, Utah Phoenix could be a little bit sluggish because of the defenses, but you've got really good players getting right. extra minutes with Ingles and Clarkson uh, at reasonable price tags. So. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. And the part that makes that so doable is Utah shorthanded. So you're going to get additional minutes for guys that are priced a little lower. And because those guys are out, it creates massive mismatches for Phoenix. So it's a real, that's, you know, that's my biggest call of the day is I like the Utah Phoenix game better than the Sacramento Lakers game, even though you would think that it would be opposite. So it's going to be fun, but I'm not going to have tons of play on these last two. I think we've we've you know described uh, some really solid plays, some great pay up opportunities, and some value plays in those first games to to get up top of some of those leaderboards. Absolutely. So jump in with us as Coach described uh, with the membership this weekend, and you'll get those after hours lineups with us tonight as well as the main slate. Hope this helped you prepare for tonight's NBA activities. It's going to be a lot of fun. Big weekend coming. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for another NBA podcast. Coach will he'll uh, take that one solo, so hope you'll tune in for that one. But thank you again for joining us today. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS. <laughs>